0: From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we talk better or worse than they look guardians and more shades of brown. On the road, we check in on the FedEx Cup playoffs, follow some NFL storylines, and fire off some summer hot takes. Off the field, we get out in front of the cinema with our look at the art of the movie trailer, or teaser, or preview? We're going to figure it out. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, too much, too little, or an acceptable amount of homework for tonight?
1: I'm going to say it was an acceptable amount, but that's only because very last minute, much like I did in school, very last minute I was (laughs) able to catch up on the last four trailers that you sent like midday today or even evening today
0: yeah it was
1: my yeah. I'm, I'm at work till 7.30 like I'm never gonna be able to watch these things so you know how I worked around that Uh hey kids gather around dad's phone let's watch <laughs> some trailers <laughs> oh, fun <laughs> yeah. until we got the train spotting it was fun
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was It was too much man like I saw all those links the first email and then there was another email later and then the one today I'm like did he just forward the same email from a day or two ago <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was was a little too much for my liking.
0: Well, I like to make you guys earn your money. Why don't we get started? (laughs) We'll stay at home. Start where we have for so many weeks with our Guardians week cap. Our look back at the last week of Guardians baseball. And the Guardians had a winning week if the games had ended in the eighth inning. Guards packed week started with a split in a four-game series against a good Blue Jays team and ended with the bullpen handing out runs like grandma hands out hard candy. Guards dropped two of three in Tampa. Finished the week five games under 500, but somehow just four and a half games out of first in the Central. The story of the week absolutely is the failure of the bullpen. But if that hadn't occurred, what could the story have been for this week?
2: Feel a whole lot better about the team. They'd probably be a few more games closer to the Twins and believe that this this push. Might be real for the playoffs when their two best players aren't in the lineup for some of these games, and and they should have. So that they should have won them, and they're plugging holes. Who's that? Who's that tank of a man that's playing outfield for them? The thirty-six-year-old. Right I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. What a stud that dude is. Lor- Lor- Loriano or something yeah. like that. Loriano, that guy. There's that. that guy. There's no, another not, guy. The Cole, guy. Yeah. Cole, Cole Calhoun's, 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 Calhoun's the meathead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that guy. Uh, I digress, though. It would have been a much better week for my psyche, thinking they still might actually have a shot to make the playoffs.
1: If it wasn't for the bullpen, the story could have been five and two in a week without J Ram and without Josh Naylor, and we would be talking about like, holy cow, these young guards, these baby guards, look what they're doing. And here we are, a game out of first place, if it wasn't for the bullpen.
0: What could have been for real, I think we would have gotten on here tonight to record this show, and we would have been so excited that they split against a good Blue Jays team and then went on the road and beat one of the best teams in the American League two out of three. They would have made up ground on Minnesota. We would be flipping out about how good the starting pitching was. week, maybe we'd be flipping out about how good the bullpen was too (laughs) if they hadn't (laughs) hadn't blown two games (laughs) Uh, but it's just it really really hurts because we are running out of time in this season and this could have been such a big week with one game going a different direction Uh, and it's a shame and and maybe two if the bullpen had been able to hold it together Uh, a week of what could have been for a guardians team that ends up uh, still having a decent week, but uh, not what it should have been. Let's pick our favorite kid. Let's play from the land middle child. Who's your favorite young middle infielder? Brian Rocchio hit 300 with four doubles this week. He's only 22 years old, and he's the number one prospect in the organization. Next one, Jose Tana hit 333, also just 22 years old, 14th ranked prospect in the organization. Who's your favorite middle child?
1: I'll go with Rokio, but they're both, they both came up and flashed a bit over the week. We have an um, apparently an embarrassment of riches in the middle infield, right? Like, so at some point, these, these are not your starting shortstop and second base in the next couple seasons. So, where do these guys find spots? Maybe, maybe you start trading with other teams that don't have middle infielders and you pull back some corner (laughs) outfielders that can hit like 35 bombs a year.
2: I liked Rokio a little bit better, not only because the stick, but I saw him make some pretty great plays as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think what, what Phil's kind of saying here, I think they're all up here at the same time because basically they're trying to get a feel of how these guys can play at a major league level before they decide who they're going to trade for that corner outfielder who hits 35 bombs.
0: I'm going with Rokio, and I actually think this dude might be here to stay. I, I have a feeling if you're Arius, aren't you feeling a little bit of – pressure maybe hearing some footsteps for how well that guy swung the bat this week and his first real look at major league pitching he is a smooth infielder man that dude can play I can see why he's the number one prospect in the organization so I don't think Rokio is getting traded but Arius, may be looking over his shoulder a little bit because he certainly has not flashed a bat like that in any extended time this season middle children aside Pitching is still king on this team. 24-year-old Gavin Williams, .75 ERA, 22 Ks in 12 innings this week. Somehow got no wins. 24-year-old Tanner Bybee, 1.29 ERA, 11 Ks in 14 innings. He got two wins this week. Another kid, 30-year-old Noah Syndergaard. This (laughs) he's a kid to us. 1.59 ERA, 5 Ks in five innings. And don't sleep on 25-year-old Xavion Curry. Roughed up a little bit in Tampa this week, but if you look back over his game log and all his appearances this year, that is one of maybe two or three bad outings that that dude has had all season, and he has pitched a ton. If he's part of this rotation going forward, the way we think he is in these bullpen games, is the rotation better now than it was at the beginning of the season? With totally different guys. I don't know. I mean, these guys are doing stuff that
2: maybe the rotation at the beginning of the year wouldn't. Like that that Toronto series where two runs in twenty six innings from your starters, everybody's pitching well, and Gavin Williams having double digit strikeouts and back to back starts. I'm trying to think of the last rookie or even well pitcher. Maybe mckenzie might have did it last year when he got hot or something. I'm like, when's the last time that that happened? Uh, and you throw in the fact that they're they're super young. Maybe. Yeah. I like this rotation a little bit better than the starting one. Um, Maybe it's just because they're rookies and we don't expect it out of them, but two guys, I didn't even know their name three months ago. Yeah. And they're, they're carrying the load. So I'm, I'm going to do the recency bias thing. I'm going to take, I'm going to take this rotation.
1: I'm with Chuck, man. Like I, they're rookies, but Bybee's seven o seven and o in his last ten starts. Yeah. What what last what Guardians pitcher can say that like seven and o in the last yeah. ten starts? Williams is averaging almost two strikeouts an inning over his last few starts. It's ridiculous. Like early on, I thought like okay, was that was that good game the exception, and we're gonna see him kind of regress to the to the mean a little bit. But they haven't. And not only that, these guys seem to be getting stronger later in the games too. They're getting into the seventh inning now. Bybee's throwing 97 in the seventh inning. Who's the last starter we've seen to be able to do that? We've got those guys coming out of the pen for sure, but the starters haven't been able to do that in quite some time. So no experience, but I think in terms of talent and certainly ceiling, I'll take this starting group.
0: If you think back to the beginning of at least the regular season, we had no McKenzie because he was hurt coming out of camp. We had Bieber, but we Repeatedly had concerns about the lack of velocity and the type of pitcher he was turning into. Savali was hurt. We had Quantrill, who had his issues. We had Plisak. Remember that guy was on the team for a while? Yeah. What about Hunter Gaddis? Hunter <laughs> no, Gaddis. Jeez. Yeah. yeah think, My about man the guys. <laughs> <laughs> think about the guys who were in the starting rotation for the first two months of the season. And look at where it is now. And I made jokes about Noah Syndergaard when they made that trade. And he's been much better than I expected since he got here. And if that guy can kind of resurrect his career a little bit, holy cow, there's still a ton of pitching here, which should still give us a chance to get to the the next level with this team, even though they've had some guys missing with injuries, even though they've lost all those frontline starters at the beginning of the year who I don't know. Do those guys come back? Is this like magic coming back after his injury And in the, in the second <laughs> we'll get episode of winning time? We're going <laughs> to yeah, get to yeah, it, but yeah. are we going to let like McKenzie and Bieber disrupt our starting rotation when they come back from injury? I don't know. <laughs> Let's look ahead to next week. Guards have a two game series against the red hot Cincinnati Reds in the natty starting tomorrow night, followed by a four game series back in Cleveland against the Tigers. Is this week make or break time for the Guardians if they want to win this division?
1: I, I think it kind of is. I, I I felt like things were starting to slip away a little bit because the Twins are winning more than they're losing all of a sudden, and we're we're hitting this the stretch of of games where we're really playing a lot of good teams aside from the tigers that we've got coming up. So we've got to take advantage of that. So this is what's that six games. This is a, this is a week where you, you got to find four wins somehow. If if you find four wins, you're probably right in the thick of it still because who knows what the twins will do, but this could be, I mean, if it's another, if it's a two and four week you're, you're done, you're done. So yeah, I I do kind of think it's a little bit of make or break, even though there's still a lot of baseball to go, if 85 wins is our magic number, which we talked about in the past, they gotta go twenty-eight and fifteen. I did the math. I don't mm. see this team going twenty-eight and fifteen. Wow. <laughs> so 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 my my hope though is we thought 85 wins would win the division. Maybe it's a year where 82 wins or 81 or 80 wins. 80. <laughs> yeah, The losing, 80 the losing record yeah. wins it. Yeah. So um, but again, uh, looking too far into the future. Look at this week, you gotta get four wins somehow.
2: I think it it kinda is a make or break week, depending if if this team keeps treading water and the twins keep doing that. You still have six games left with the twins uh, before the end of the season. So you make up ground there, but it, it doesn't mean like, like they'll you can't have a two and four week here. So every week is becoming make or break where you have to win series and be above 500, not only to stay four and a half games back, but to get within spinning distance when you have those six games against them.
0: It does finally feel like we're there. It's late enough in the year that y- you just can't, fool around anymore you can't suddenly end up at the end of next week six and a half or seven out you know you've got to at least maintain four and a half or hopefully cut it you know you get it down to two and a half with that many games to go you're right you're right in it It, it's a toss-up at that point but if they can't get there or at least stay where they're at it's starting to starting to look like a sinking ship to me so come on guardians we really like the playoffs just do us a solid, man. Help us out. Get to the playoffs. <laughs> all right. Moving on. 13 Shades of Brown, our 13 week preview of the Browns' upcoming 2023 season. The undefeated, perfect Super Bowl season is gone. And it's all Cade York's fault. Browns dropped their second game of the preseason, 17 to 15 to the Commanders. Tell me something good and tell me something bad.
1: I'm going to get the bad out of the way first because it just, it just, low-hanging fruit but the bad is kicking man like Cade york you were drafted and if you weren't drafted i think you might be cut uh and you might get a vet in here instead but since he was drafted he's going to be on the roster and in a time of year where there is no there's no reason for him to be missing kicks outside of like a botched snap or something like that i mean these are it's warm outside there's no wind and he's blowing kicks so that's the bad that's out of my system The good. I will say and not every starter played but the majority of the starters played on offense and defense for at least one possession on either side of the ball. And this is what I took away from it in kind of like a general view, uh the defense looked fast. They looked really fast. They were getting all over the field and that was without Miles Garrett. We were getting we were getting pressure on the quarterback from the the four guys up front, which was great to see. And led to our first two points. Thank God, (laughs) you know, uh, but. Or else it would have been a blowout. Yeah, right. Exactly. It kept us in the game. So that was good to see. And then it was weird because all of a sudden, even on, on, and I'll get the offense in a second, but they just start subbing in guys like immediately after everyone had like their 10th play under their belt, like, okay, like this is crazy now, but you, you saw some of the starters like, okay, this, this could be a legitimate front four. You hate to see linebacker injuries, of course, and that's a thin area, but again, you know, you saw speed in that position. Um, and then on offense, my good was that drive that the first string took it all the way down to the goal line. With Nick Chubb in the game, you got to think our chances of scoring there, you know, exp- exponentially, right? I mean, you, you had it within the five-yard line and you had to hand it off to someone who's probably not going to get too many carries this year. But what i like to see was... uh Watson looked comfortable in the offense. He looked smooth. He looked like he knew when to use his his athleticism. I mean, he was three for three in passing. He didn't throw a lot of passes, and the passes weren't like high high level of difficulty. But again, it looked good. Like he was, he found his tight end Chuck's boy one time, and he you know he he was he was getting the ball into the receivers' hands. And again, he didn't have his number one wide receiver, and he didn't have his number one running back. Last thing I'll say on the offensive side of it is I was I really liked that. Elijah Moore lined up in three different positions all over the field. I thought that was a very Kansas City Chiefs-like approach to that skill set. That made me feel good about the Browns going forward.
0: I hope. By my count, Phil covered three yep. good things, and three <laughs> bad things. Uh you I don't even know if we need to be here, Chuck. I, <laughs> you didn't give me a number, you just said tell me something. Tell good. me something <laughs> good something. and something Some bad. How many <laughs> you said? Something. how much more instruction do you need? Know?
1: <laughs> tell me one good thing one bad thing i would have followed all that. right
0: i would not I'm have write that, that. <laughs> i'm gonna write that down for next week i would have i would have said the same thing anyway chuck dig deep and find something creative i'm gonna try even though he did say it
2: uh because he covered the full spectrum there uh jacob Phillips being out for the season is bad uh just because we're so thin at linebacker uh the good uh because i watched a lot of the second half and i didn't see a lot of the starters because they only played you know five plays uh, Tom Bergboni here, man, both Ohio State Buckeyes <laughs> played really well. That safety had two picks. And again, that right tackle is a monster of a man. I wish if he just needs to be refined a little more, I wish they would move him to the left side because he is just, uh, I, don't, I haven't been this excited about a lineman. I don't even think I was this excited about Joe Thomas, but like I, I watched a lot of him because the the Washington broadcast, which I was watching, they were constantly talking about him or showing him in the huddle or zooming in on him after play. So uh, that's good. I guess two Buckeyes played well and bad is uh, the linebackers out for the year.
0: I'm with you on the Phillips injury. That was mine too. Like it just sucks. That that's a guy that we really thought had a lot of potential for this team. And he's now basically missed, you know, a season and a half without being able to play because of injuries at, at a position that's probably their thinnest. Uh, on the entire roster my good is just quarterback play Uh, i thought deshaun watson looked really good dorian barrett robinson also (laughs) how often do we get to hear that in cleveland
1: (laughs) dorian barrett robinson never just
2: now congrats by the way yeah
0: you're right Uh, yeah yeah
1: yeah, she's having a baby that's great news is she a friend of the show she should i have no idea
0: if she listens but uh tag her when you post the show exactly all right, I'll 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 do that. Anyway, that was my good thing. It's just, it's so rare to be excited about quarterbacks in Cleveland uh, that the fact that there's, you know, even if one of them is going to be your third stringer, to see him go out and play competently again, uh, I think is pretty exciting. So that was my good and the bad from the preseason loss. Let's move on. Let's talk a little Coach Stefanski. Browns head coach is entering his fourth season. Let's play a little from the land lie detectors. After the game, Coach Stefanski said that he has a lot of confidence in Cade York. <laughs> Truth or lie? That's that's a lie. Nobody has any confidence.
2: Cade York doesn't even have confidence in Cade York right now. So, uh, total lie.
0: That's a lie. Everybody knows that's a lie. But we appreciate Stefanski's effort and trying to be as, as much like Tito as he can be and not saying anything bad about his players. As this is his fourth season with – Probably the best roster Cleveland has had in 20 years. What do you need to see from Stefanski this year to show he is growing and improving in his job as head coach?
1: Because he's the offensive. I mean, he is the head coach, but he's the offensive coach, right? I want to see an offense that is taking advantage of all the, all the weapons we have and, getting the ball into the playmaker's hands any which way you can and i think that's what we saw a little bit it was seven plays but still like out of Deshaun Watson like he was getting the ball into his playmaker's hands so that's taking a page out of the the recent Kansas City Chiefs playbook that's what i want to see out of this guy i want to see an offense where other teams regardless of who they are on the other side of the ball on defense like i we can't we can't stop all of this um so we're in trouble And the team can score much like we get scored upon in like 17 seconds at times.
2: First thing he needs to do is okay, mass production of all the cool Browns gear that guy wears that is never available (laughs) for us to buy. He does have the good stuff. Like it's so hard to find cool Browns gear and that guy is hoarding all of it. Uh, The other thing is did a really nice job. So all I'm going to say is he's offensive minded guy. And there's times over the last few years, we see play design that to me is like, man, that is super innovative or wow. It's not something I was expecting. And then you see the inconsistency where, where some play design probably shouldn't be called in a goal line situation. Maybe a little more balance there, you know, like a, a little bit more. Don't be too smart for the room when you don't have to be yeah. uh, and be innovative when you need to be
0: that's kind of along the lines of what I was thinking because when a little bit earlier in the show, when Danko said, if Nick Chubb had been in there, you know, they would have just run it with him. I, I, my first thought I was <laughs> only if you hadn't Probably watched any of the games last <laughs> yeah, year. Right you know? Yeah. But I think what Half-back I really, pass. yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I really want to see is I want to see him grow out of that. I'm just the guy who runs the offense. We need somebody else to run the defense to being the real CEO of this team to really being a head coach. Like I understand his expertise is going to be in offense and, that's, and that is going to get his attention and it is where he has made his mark in the NFL. But come on, if you're going to be a head coach, you have to put your stamp on that entire organization on both sides of the ball. And, and I'd like to see that. I don't think it's just about wins and losses, although it's hard to think about how he would be judged if he doesn't have a successful season if everybody stays healthy or at least the big names stay healthy but take control of this organization and be the guy that that's what I want to see from Kevin Stefanski this season because that's I think what shows he's got a few years as a head coach under his belt and he's ready to kind of take the leap and that's what I'm hoping we'll see but speaking of leaps why don't we leap on out of here Take our first break. We'll come back, head out on the road, talk some golf, some football, and some other stuff. Welcome back, fellows, to our second segment. Let's head out on the road, and we'll start with the Women's World Cup. What was your favorite moment of the last week?
1: Not having to watch Women's World Cup.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I watched... Some of the Netherlands game, and it was actually far more exciting than the uh, women's U.S. game that we watched, even though it was much later in the day. Maybe that's why uh, that, that I still watch bits and pieces of it. So I still have World Cup fever.
0: Way to ruin the bit, Chuck. I have not watched a minute of World Cup since <laughs> Team USA got eliminated. Moving on, let's check in on the FedEx Cup playoffs, the St. Jude's Classic. The first round of the FedEx Cup was this weekend. It was won by Soggy Pants Lucas Glover in a single-hole playoff. 50 players will move on from the St. Jude's Classic to the BMW Classic next week. Now, last week, we drafted teams for the FedEx Cup that we'll keep throughout the playoffs. But we didn't have a scoring system until now, and it's really easy. Cash money. We keep our teams... And scoring is based on how much money each member of your team wins during the event. Obviously, if one of your players is eliminated, you can't win any more money from that guy. At the end of the FedEx Cup, the show will pay out to the winning team the total amount of the earnings. (laughs) Nice. I don't understand why you're laughing. Obviously, the show has really deep pockets. So our standings... Uh, Team Miller is in first place. That's Max Homa, Patrick Cantlay, and Billy Horschel at about two point seven million. I'm in second place. Rory, Ricky, and Cam Champ. I'm at about one point two million. Chuck is in third. John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Nick Watney, four hundred seventy four thousand. Denko pulling up the rear. Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Stewart Sink, about two hundred seventy four thousand and winning for denko this week so how are you feeling about your team heading into the bmw classic next week
2: well over 450k is nothing to sneeze at but i heard your scores are in the millions now i'm 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 a little worried i think i should take my team over to the live tour while it still exists and get paid an awful lot to play less golf and then i'll i'll be fine (laughs) trader
1: If I heard you correctly, the leader currently is over $2 million in winnings, and I'm just slightly over 200000 Yes. As of right now, I'm the only one that stands to be paid out by the show, I think. If
0: it were to <laughs> it's golf, man. If Scotty Scheffler finishes second next yeah. week, you're right back into this thing. So yeah. I'm still feeling really good about my team. I, I think we've got some, some more money to bring in in the BMW. Now, as I said, only 50 players advanced from this week to next and so you may think that we lost all of the long shots that we drafted last week but actually only 70 players played at St. Jude this week none of the guys we drafted as our long shots last week (laughs) even played in the tournament I don't understand why they had odds at all that those guys would win the FedEx Cup when they weren't (laughs) even allowed to participate like what were they thinking was going to happen right at the end Like 90 players were going to drop out. These guys were going to jump up in (laughs) contention. I don't know. Anyway, obviously not something I thought out very well. So let's do this again for our long shots. This list of guys are all guys who finished this week in the top 30, between 30 and 40. They also have wacky names. So we're going to draft worst to first in order. So Denko, Chuck, me, Miller, uh, and the players you get to choose from, Sahith. The Gala Seamus power Byong hun An, and Kurt Kitayama. So Denko you're on the clock.
1: <laughs> I don't even have to think about this Seamus power every day of the week. Yeah, Go Irish. Irish.
2: Pretty good one. Gosh, that was the only name I remembered other than one sounded like beyond Sung from kicking and screaming highly underrated Will Ferrell movie. I think it was the third name. So I'll take that guy
0: beyond hun on. I'm not even yeah. sure I'm saying that correctly. Um, I'm taking Sahith the gala. I like that, dude. And that leaves Miller with uh, Kurt Kitayama. Kurt Kitayama. So those are our long shots heading into next week so we can um, hopefully win some money with those guys where we weren't able to win any this week. Let's move on. Let's talk some NFL storylines. Start with rookie starting quarterbacks. Bryce Young- cj stroud anthony richardson are all projected to be starting quarterbacks this year carolina texas and indianapolis respectively which of those guys do you think is going to have the best season there's not a lot around
2: stroud uh carolina's not bad i might go with uh the guy in indianapolis even though it seems like that franchise is in disarray at this point with Jonathan Taylor, whatever the guy's name is not being there, but I assume they figure out how to get him there. And if he's, he's there, he'll take today. a lot of, Oh, he's back well, great. All right. See, yeah. he's go. already back. <laughs> he's going to take a lot of pressure off that. Look how good at this. Uh, you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to take that guy. I can't remember his name. Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson,
1: everything I've read. And it's not been a lot, but everything I've read about Anthony Richardson, the guy is just like a, a physical freak of nature, right? Like he's yeah. huge. He's fast. He's stronger than everyone on the field. So, Yeah, maybe if, yeah, if if Taylor's lining up next to him, that helps a ton. I think of those three, I don't know. like I I don't, those are not good teams. Carolina, I don't know much about them. I think Indianapolis probably has the best team coming from last year. They were kind of like that. Their defense was okay, you know? So if the guy goes out there and he has someone like Taylor in the backfield, I think he'll have the best of three pretty average or below average rookie seasons of those three guys.
0: Best season is kind of relative. I'm not sure I think any of these guys are going to be able to have great seasons, not because of their abilities, but just because of what's around them. And the word on the street is that offensive line in Carolina just looked awful this weekend and poor Bryce Young just got blown up. And that dude's like five foot seven, 160 pounds. Like he cannot be taking hits like that all season long. I wonder about CJ Stroud because I feel like the Texans have been able to kind of put together a decent offense with like who was the guy's name Davis or something like that last year if you can score some points with a quarterback who really doesn't belong you put a stud like Stroud in there and maybe you're really going to be able to light some stuff up so we'll see maybe maybe I'll go with CJ Stroud just because I love the Buckeyes like Tommy loves the Buckeyes and we want to see that guy be successful so I'll say he will have the best season out of out of those three moving on but staying with quarterbacks Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter in Tampa this year should the Bucks win that division and just to refresh your memory because I know we haven't talked football in a long time the NFC South is the Falcons the Panthers the Saints and the Bucks.
1: I, I think you would need a a Baker season like we saw when we went to the playoffs here in Cleveland to, for them to win it because I, I think Derek Carr in New Orleans might be the better of the two quarterbacks on a team that could win the division
2: I actually watched some of that preseason game because it was on here they were playing the Steelers Baker Mayfield he actually he looked pretty good he threw this ball that was gorgeous for a touchdown uh and then watching the Browns games I saw so many Baker Mayfield jerseys uh that he's on my brain doesn't mean he's going to win the division though because Phil's probably right I think the Saints have a better roster um and bringing in a competent quarterback
0: I'm not sure why people think Carr is a competent quarterback Uh, he had a pretty good roster Uh, Vegas last year and and didn't get the job done I think Baker can do it man if he plays well this is not a real strong division the Falcons and the Panthers are both going to be terrible Uh, I'm not sure I buy the Saints so I there's a possibility that Baker brings the magic back to Tampa Bay and wins them the division that would be a lot of fun all right moving on worst to first last year's last place team with the best chance to win their division this year in the AFC, the last place teams from last season were the Jets, the Browns, the Broncos, and the Texans. Which one of those has the best chance to win their division this year? The
2: Browns.
1: I'm afraid to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with, yeah. you. I think in that, you know, Jets or the Browns are the two teams with the, with you think are going to be there at the end of all that. But I think the Browns have the better chance to win their division given the, the rest of the division. But it's a hard division, so I'm afraid to say Browns. I'll
0: say Browns. Browns. No Browns. I think it's the Browns, too, and I think it's wild because I do think that this might be one of the most difficult divisions to win this season. Like, I don't know if it's the best division in football, but I feel like it's a really evenly matched division, and they're going to beat the hell out of each other all season long. So I I, kind of lean towards the Browns, too. I think the Broncos are going to suck. I don't think the Texans are going to be very good. I don't buy the Jets. Uh, We've seen this too many times in Cleveland where we get hyped up after one decent season and we think we're about to turn the corner and be great. And then we know what happens and the jets are way too much like the Browns for that to happen. So I I think maybe it's the Browns. All right. Uh, NFC last place last year, commanders Cardinals bears and Falcons, which one of those teams has the best shot to win their division this year? You can't say them. nobody.
1: <laughs> I just did. Yeah, I just did. There's no way any of those four teams are winning their division. So, okay, relatively speaking, who has the best chance? God, really, none of them. None of them. There, <laughs> there's no way. Uh, l- 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 let's say maybe. now the Bears are not. They can't. They can't surpass Minnesota this year. No, no, none of them. <laughs> There's no way any of them are winning their division. I'm gonna I'm gonna say best chance because injuries occur. I'm gonna give it to your Washington Commanders because somehow, some way, the Giants and the Cowboys all fall apart. And the Eagles. And the Eagles. Yeah, that's right. Never mind. It can't be the Commanders. It's terrible. So it can't be the Falcons. It can't be the Commanders. Yeah, my my NFC favorite team is in that division. Um, so I guess I'll go back, back to the Bears. The Bears. God, they suck.
2: Just because of the division weakness, I'm going to say the Falcons. Who else is in that division? Yeah, Buccaneers, right. Yeah. right? And the Saints. The Saints? The Panthers. It's up for grabs. So I'll I'll say the Falcons.
0: Without nearly as much laughing, I'm going to say the Bears. I actually wonder if like Minnesota has shed too many pieces in the last couple of years. They're not the team that we've kind of grown to expect them to be over the last few years. And I think the rest of that division is wide open because you can't count on the Packers anymore. So I think it's the Bears. The Bears have the best chance. I think. Wait a minute. To get back into first place. Wait. Wait a minute.
1: Is that not the division with our Detroit Football Lions though? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But
0: yeah, they're not. Just just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. No. I, I will continue to say Jared Goff as the limiting factor for the Lions. <laughs> yeah, we know who that guy is. I don't think he's getting it done. Moving on, why don't we start hitting some of our summer hot shots? We're actually running out of these. Summer is coming to a close, so we're going to have to change this to something else since uh, I like doing this. But anyway, summer hot shots are hot takes from around the sports world. Uh, The NBA Hall of Fame class was enshrined over the weekend wearing burnt orange jackets. Good idea? Or should the jacket thing be left to the Masters and the NFL? Burnt orange,
2: isn't that trademark probably by Texas? Isn't isn't that what the well, university know, goes by like, the burnt orange thing? Listen, uh, it's an but,
0: ugly orange color. I don't know if it's actually it's very burnt ugly. orange, but
2: I'd I'd leave it to the masters. It's iconic in golf. It's not really iconic. Well, that's not true. In the NFL, you get a mustard jacket, right? Everybody yeah. gets a jacket, apparently. So but still no, I, I don't like it. Maybe if they were mustard or burnt orange jerseys. How about that? Burnt orange basketball yeah, jerseys. They should have put Who them knows? in
0: jerseys. That's a good and idea. they Should
2: wear them because they all are probably out of shape ish. Well, some of them.
1: Is this the first year they did this? I saw the pictures. I'm like, did they? I've never know. seen the
0: basketball. Somebody just thought of this. Of yeah, thing. that's yeah. what it looked like. Yeah. I'm like,
1: all right. At this point, like, all right. What are you are trying to match? Like the color of the ball with these jerseys? I don't know what they're with these these jackets. Um. Yeah, they should leave that alone. They should leave that alone. The NBA guys for the most part are the best dressed professional athletes out there. Let them dress up the way they want to dress
0: up. They'll come they'll they'll come styling to that thing. They were bad jackets. They were really really bad. All right, let's talk a little more NFL. Less than a month after buying the team from Daniel Snyder, new Commanders owner Josh Harris got the game ball after their win Friday night in Cleveland. Is it possible for the bar to be any lower for Josh Harris? No. No,
2: that's it. That's about as low as it gets. So again, I watched their broadcast. Right. And
0: God, you are a commander's correspondent for this. week, Yeah. And,
2: and, and they went out of their way to do video packages of the owner meeting with like alumni and talking about how important they are to this community, how important the team is to the community. Not only that, they showed him on the sidelines and most of the time he was in the stands like, shaking hands for commander fans who were, were in cleveland so the bar even though the bar is really low this guy kind of gets it he comes across as like an everyday billionaire
0: and <laughs> one of those <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, a, it's a man of the people uh, and it seemed like they were they were doing all the right stuff at least during that broadcast to make me feel like hey uh this guy's not nearly as bad as daniel schneider
0: yeah there's no way he can't be the sky is the limit for josh harris all he has to do is not be a disaster for 25 years and like be a criminal uh, that's all he needs to do. That That's not a real high bar to jump over. All right. Last one, Philadelphia 76ers announced last week that they are not trading James Harden. Then James Harden went on TV and called the GM a liar scale of <laughs> one to five, one being the final scene of Shawshank five being a decision to eat late night taco bell. Anytime after turning 40 years old, how well <laughs> is this going to end?
1: It's a five. <laughs> this, this is the NBA. You've, star player already calling the owner out as a liar. It's a five. This is not going to end well at all. And he will not be in Philadelphia.
2: It's a five. It's a great scale too, because that Taco Bell sure tastes really great in the (laughs) beginning. And then you just pay
0: for it hours later. So yeah, it's five. Yeah. This is a five. This, this is going to potentially blow up one of the major contenders in the Eastern conference because I don't know what you're going to get for Harden at this point. And I don't know that you have him on the team. I think he might just sit. And and what happens to the 76ers if they, number one, don't have that guy and number two, can't get anything back for him? All this means, and the reason why I guess maybe I'm going to change mine to a one, is because I'm so happy with the way this is going because of how (laughs) it impacts the Cavs. Like, it just eliminates one more team in the Cavs' way from making a run to the final. So I'll I'll change to a one. This is uh, Red and Andy meeting on the beach in Tewataneu. But, fellas, with that, we are going to close out this segment. We're going to take our final break. We're going to come back, head off the field, and talk movie trailers. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We're going to head off the field, and this might be the dumbest topic I've ever thought of for (laughs) us to discuss, but we talk a lot about movies and TV shows, and all of them at some point have a trailer or a teaser that previews the movie or the upcoming season. Some of these are great. Some of them are not, but they are absolutely their own thing in the world of TV and movies. So let's talk previews. We're going to start here. What do you think the proper name is preview trailer or teaser it depends
2: because isn't a teaser 30 seconds or less typically and doesn't give you much of or... I don't know <laughs> I'm just gonna say preview then
1: <laughs> I think it's previews because that's what they that's how they advertise it when you're actually in the theater um, but I think preview or trailer are probably interchangeable
0: that's kind of what I thought too because I found a lot if I googled these or I looked them up on YouTube you plug in trailer gets you to the official like released trailer for the movie pretty much no matter how old it is so uh preview or trailer okay so what makes a great preview or trailer
1: a great preview is something where you get you get a sense of the movie but i don't want to see all the best parts of the movie right like leave me wanting for more and that's difficult to do a lot of the summer blockbusters don't do that in hindsight but so i think that like it it you, you you pull me in but you, you leave me wanting for more. So good music in the background, good energy. This is what the movie's about. Come see the movie because we're not going to really tell you what this movie's about.
2: Get got to bait the hook yeah. and get me interested. Something that is probably quick, fast moving, and precise and gives you enough detail that you're like, I, I, that I'm interested in it or something that absolutely blows me away and go, oh, I have to see this. It's an
0: event. I think it's music. I think that's such a big part of good trailers, but I also think it's you have to at least give the impression of what the movie's about. I watched a lot of trailers the last few days, and I will tell you that there are a lot where you're watching it. Like I saw this movie and it doesn't seem to have anything to do with what the trailer is showing. This doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, So I think that, I think Phil, you kind of touched on is like, you got to find that balance between uh, we're going to show you enough. So you know what the movie's about. Uh, But we're not going to give away everything and or show you all the coolest scenes or show you all the funniest lines or something like that. Like, I still want to be able to go to the theater or sit at home and watch it and and still, you know, not have all of the best parts of the movie given away. Like, I think there are comedies like that where all the funny lines are in the trailer and then you go see the movie and the movie just sucks. And like they blew it. They blew it all in the trailer. All right. So speaking of music. I sent you guys an email. This one was the one from today that I sent you with four trailers to watch. And I sent them because those are the ones that I found that I thought had the best music use in the trailer. So the first one was for the movie Logan. And that was the song Hurt uh, by Nine Inch Nails. Or maybe it was the version by Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash version. Next one was Train Spotting with Lust for Life by Iggy Pop. The next one was Iron Man with Back in Black, Cheese by Audio Slave and Iron Ozzy. Man by Ozzy, all in the same one. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and the last one was Thor Ragnorak with the Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. I'm not even sure we're allowed to call it that anymore, but that was the title <laughs> of the song. So, of those four, which had the best music use in the trailer?
1: I feel like Iron Man cheated here uh, because they jammed three really good tunes into a two-minute trailer. Um, and uh, it's amazing that you sent these four movies. I'm like, geez, these are four of my favorite movies I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I really all like right. these things. But I really I really dove into it and I, I like the music. I think taking Iron Man out of it because they cheated a bit. I, I really think Johnny Cash hurt for Logan. If you saw that movie, that music, having not seen the movie yet, as you saw that trailer, gave you the tone of that entire film. That's exactly what it was about. It was about pain and suffering. Uh, and that was really well done. They were all good, though. I mean, they really were.
0: So did you pick one?
2: hurt johnny cash logan (laughs) that one's probably the best wrapped up into that trailer because looking back after seeing the film going man it really encapsulates what that movie was going to be about but for me it's it's immigrant song in in ranger and thor because that was good that's one of my favorite zeppelin songs and it fits so perfectly with that trailer and then that song not that it was ever lacking but had a huge resurgence uh, at uh, rock radio, whether it was classic or not, just because of that trailer. So um, one of my favorite Zeppelin songs get me super jazzed and pumped up, and it did for me to see the movie as well.
0: That's awesome. I didn't realize that um, Immigrant Song had come back like that when that movie came out. I'm going with Iron Man. I don't think it's cheating at all, man. They they put three songs in to a trailer that were, that were perfect for that movie. It's like it's over the top. It's high energy, uh, just the way the movie was and uh, i don't listen to enough audio slave like every once in a while i catch a song and i remember like man that band was fucking awesome that was i thought um a surprise in the middle of the trailer that that song came on i thought oh man this is pretty cool and then it ends with iron man which is just perfect for a movie called iron man that's that's almost low hanging fruit but iron man was mine all right so i sent you guys some recently released trailers for new tv shows and movies let's start with the tv shows One was The Continental, which I think is going to be on Paramount. Uh, And the other is The Penguin, which is a prequel to uh, the Batman movies. It's a Rise of the Penguin. It's a limited series that is in development for HBO, but may not be coming out anytime soon because of the strike. So based solely on the previews alone, which of those shows are you most excited to see? The Continental. They're both ancillary
2: characters to a franchise being even if the continental was like a hotel it's still a character on the john wick franchise so uh i had no idea mel gibson was in it that was interesting and i thought man that guy should probably dye his hair just because this takes place in the 70s or whenever it's supposed to be uh it just looks super stylized it felt super john wick even though he's not in the trailer it was still non-stop action so that'd be the one i'd be most interested in and it's on peacock i believe not
0: paramount oh okay all right, I don't have either
2: of
1: them. As you well know, I'm a big John Wick fan. I love that type of movie. It's just ridiculous the action, action the the violence. I'm I'm interested in Continental and I'm going to have to subscribe to what is it, Peacock? Paramount? Peacock. 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 I don't have either of them either. So, uh um I'm going to have to subscribe <laughs> to that to see that. The Penguin looked good and, and Colin Farrell was awesome as the Penguin in that remake of the Batman movie. But I I have a feeling this is it's it's I like Gangster shows uh, I'll probably watch that whenever it comes out but I don't know I'm interested I'm more interested to see the Continental because I've devoted so much of my time to four John Wick films
0: I'm going with the penguin HBO doesn't swing and miss very much and it's kind of cool to do the the background of the villains in, in these movies I just think HBO always does this stuff right so I'm excited to see the penguin. And I already have HBO max. So I'll be able to watch it. All right. So I sent you a few for movies as well. Uh, one was you are not invited to my bat mitzvah. It's an Adam Sandler movie with his kids in it. Next one is the holdovers. It's kind of a new twist on dead poet society. Last one was the hunger games Ballad of songbirds and snakes, which is a prequel to, uh, the hunger game movies with Jennifer Lawrence in them. So based only on the trailer, which one of these movies are you most excited to see?
1: Actually, the holdovers, and that's a weird thing to say, but I, I feel like I like the way the trailer was. I like the it was like the stop. They they stopped and paused Giamatti's face at certain points where it's just like wow, like that's that's not the time you <laughs> want to pause the the film here, which is great. Like that's perfect. I actually saw that trailer. I think ahead of uh, Oppenheimer, maybe so I saw it in the yep. theater. Yeah, uh, one, yeah, one of these movies we saw this summer, so that was exciting. I like the Hunger Games idea. I don't know about you guys. I um, I never finished the original movies. I, I kind of like petered out at the end. I'm like, oh, I, I don't think I've seen the last one or two of those. So I don't know, just something different. The Holdovers looked like a kind of good story, right? Good story, good acting kind of movie. It's not
2: bat mitzvah, man. Like, <laughs> no, I, like I, 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 I respect him for always taking care of his friends in films, but now his family is getting juiced into that's it's more than enough for me. i watched the hunger game movies and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I liked them, but I have no interest in a prequel. So I'm with Phil here. It's, it's holdovers. Giamani is a highly underrated actor mm-hmm. You know where this story is going because it feels super familiar, probably because there's been movies like this in the past. But I'm still interested in watching it because I know at the end you're probably going to feel good that this crudgy old man or crusty old man is going to bond with this kid who got left there. Plus, it reminded me of one time at Carroll when – I don't know what holiday it was, but I decided to – it was a freshman, so I didn't have a car or anything, and nobody would pick me up. I stayed in the dorms on a Friday of like a holiday weekend – and literally, I was the only person on oh, man! <laughs> yeah, There wasn't any cantankerous old professor to get me through <laughs> Friday night. So um,
0: Holdovers looks pretty good, though. I'm with you guys on Holdovers, although I'm also excited about Hunger Games. My, my kids were exactly the right age uh, when those books came out. And so that was a big deal in our family. We all read those books and then saw the movies. So I, I'm excited for that. I always thought the Hunger Games was a really cool story. But I love Giamatti. Uh, He's so good, man. I'll watch that dude in almost anything he's in. So I'm on the holdovers, too. All right. One of the true powers of a trailer is when it's a good trailer for what ends up being an absolutely terrible movie, but it still sucks you in. You guys watch trailers for The Beaver, starring Mel Gibson, The Weatherman, starring Nick Cage, Be Cool, starring John Travolta and Pearl Harbor starring Ben Affleck, which I think are four objectively pretty bad movies. So which of these trailers would have most likely been able to draw you in to go see one of these bad movies?
1: Well, I can speak from experience because I've seen (laughs) two of these bad movies. (laughs) Just two, though. Just two. And the two may surprise you. But the one that drew me in because of the energy of it and because I saw the movie that preceded it was Be Cool. Because Get Shorty was a good movie. Get Shorty was good, good right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, they're gonna do this again, and that movie sucked. Other than Big Gay Rock, that movie was just not good. So that one, but it had the energy in the trailer, right? Like you saw all the star power, you saw what you were gonna get, and like, okay, uh, this is a Get Shorty sequel. I'm in, and it was terrible.
0: What was the other one that you saw? The Weatherman,
2: because it's Nick Cage, man. I get you. I get
0: you. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Pearl Harbor is that I can remember seeing that trailer and loving that shot of the planes coming in when they're playing like the little league game and everything stops Yeah, and the way the bomb drops. I'm like, this is so Michael Bay. I'm so into this movie. Yeah. Uh, so that would be the one that I would stand in line to go see uh, and then be ultimately beyond disappointed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the weatherman because I would have been sucked in by Nick Cage for sure. And I like the idea that he's walking down the street with his bow and arrow. But um, I think maybe I saw that and I knew it was terrible. I don't know. None of those movies were very good. But moving on, today I asked Chat GPT to write trailers for sequels that I thought of. And what I'd like to see is if you guys can guess the movie sequel or the franchise that I have developed a new sequel for just based on what Chat GPT produced. Here's your first one. This is the trailer. Pack your bags and get ready to check in for another heartwarming escape. With snowfall, crackling fires, budding romance, and a touch of magic in the air. Is this, this...
2: snowed in, too? <laughs> it is, oh, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. Well done.
0: I'm, like, I'm pretty
2: sure this is already one. I fucking love that movie. I'm, I'm so excited to see
0: a sequel. Thank you, Girls. All right. Feel free to jump in as soon as you figure it out. All right. Next one. In a world where time may have aged him, but the spirit remains unbroken, get ready to witness the ultimate underdog rise to the challenge once again. Now at Rudy 80. Nope. <laughs> Rudy 2. <laughs> nope. not Rudy a bad too. guess, though. Um, now at 80, he faces his toughest opponent yet the passage Brother of time Rocky, Rocky 17. <laughs> All right, it is Rocky. Let me finish. As he navigates the trials of age, family, and a changing world, he'll remind yeah. us all that the true strength comes from the heart. Join us for the comeback story that defies age and proves that champions are made in every round of life. It's a good line. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it yeah. It's yeah, a that's good line. <laughs> ChatGPT actually even gave it, gave it a name. It's Rocky Unyielding. Oh, and what I wanted was a Rocky sequel, that. but he's 80. He's um, 80. I also asked ChatGPT to do um, a rematch between Rocky and Drago when they're both 80. That one wasn't quite as good. (laughs) Next one. And this is actually for a show. I'll give you that hint. Before power, before betrayal, before the empire, they would come to rule. Go back to a time when ambition was raw, loyalties were forged, and the foundations of a dynasty were laid. Delve into the secrets, the sacrifices, and the scandals that set the stage for a future Brought with both riches and ruin. In a world where the line between trust and treachery is blurred, discover how it all began. Succession?
1: It's either Succession or Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> only yeah.
2: Game <laughs> of Thrones. Succession. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> okay. the thing.
0: All right, all right. Last one. Return to the gritty streets of New Jersey, where the echoes of the past shape the battles of the present delve deeper into the shadows of organized crime as the legacies of the past generation continue to reverberate through the lives of the new as the city's landscape evolves a new chapter in the saga unfolds revealing that even in a world built on secrets some truths are too explosive to remain buried in the city that never forgets saints of newark too yeah (laughs) Yeah, 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 soprano (laughs) many saints of newark too oh nice (laughs) All right, you guys were really good at that. But that's it for trailers. Great news. Winning time is back on HBO. The Office-style mockumentary about the 80s Lakers is two episodes in on its second season. What was the worst decision made in the first two episodes? Paul Westhead's hair? Magic? <clears throat> geez, I'm all giddy from that last segment. Um, magic challenging <laughs> Kareem in practice? Next one, Dr. Bus giving each of his kids a professional team. Last one, Westhead confronting Riley on the plane. Which of those was the worst decision in the first two episodes? Jerry Bus giving his kids franchises other than
2: Jeannie, who is competent. They've gone out of their way to make sure, you know, the boys are dumb as dirt. Uh, so, you know, it's. Not ending well for them, but she seems to be doing right. I think they mentioned in the second episode that they were in first place or they're playing for a champ, whatever it was. Uh, so, yeah, that seemed to be the worst decision.
1: Yeah, that, w- that was pretty bad. But I'll I'll give it to uh, Westhead behind and, and Riley on the plane because yeah. that small shower curtain that you draw between the wall <laughs> in, in an airplane, like everyone can hear everything you're saying. It's like they were acting as if they closed themselves into some sort of office. Uh, and again, I get it. It's just foreshadowing like that's Riles is taking over this team sooner than later. And that he, and what's his name and his system is about to lose the locker room.
0: I'm going with bus giving his kids a professional teams as well. I feel like the bus kids fit nicely in the middle between the Roy's and uh, the gemstones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly more talented than the gemstones, but not quite as talented as the Roy's, but no way any of those guys should have a, professional team that they get to own and operate what was your favorite part of the first two episodes
1: man there were there were a lot i laughed a lot with uh jerry west like now he's out of control man the dude is just out of control like he can't even be on scene on camera without just dropping 18 f-bombs and just it so his his character's uh just spiraling which is funny but what i wrote down in my notes was uh cleveland cavalier's own jim Jones has some of the best one lines in this, this, this television show. He's hardly on it, but when he talks, it's hilarious. In episode one, he just looked up and said, system ain't sexy. That's all he said. (laughs) System ain't sexy. Okay. And then in, in episode two, he said that uh, it it was uh, with magic coming back. It was like some sort of crazy circus shit. That's all he said. That was his only line in the entire show. (laughs) Like, all right, Jim Jones. I love it. Go Cavs.
2: Well, I said I was almost looking forward to the character development of Pat Riley, and I think you get a lot of it in the first two episodes, so that's been my favorite part that you see. Uh, not only is he he knows how to play the game better with the front office, and he knows how to relate better to the player, so you're seeing him becoming the clear choice to lead this franchise through the future, and Adrian Brody is doing a really excellent job. He's a great actor, I know that, but like to see him play Pat Riley, I, I, the guy I never thought would pull it off right, but... He pulls it off really
0: well. So seeing Riley's rise is, is my favorite thing in the last two episodes. Both really good options. I'm just going with the plane in episode two. I thought that was so cool, man. How come they don't make planes anymore? that just yeah. have those big giant spaces in the middle with like yeah. a bar and a pool table and stuff like that, where you can just like hang out on the flight. Um, they don't make stuff like that anymore. It's too bad. I thought the plane was really cool, but fellas, we are out of time. I'm out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that Mark Zuckerberg is claiming that Elon Musk is not serious about their <laughs> proposed cage match. With that news that for the first time ever, I am really hoping Logan Paul gets involved. I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Oh man. <laughs> so dumb.
2: So yeah. Dumb. Jesus. Oh, f- <laughs> I think I, re- I was at a game where Salas hit a home run, and that's why I remember, why I so remember his name. <laughs> Anyone want to try their luck at the
0: uh, 89 roster? <laughs>
2: oh, God. Yes, <laughs> I, do. I do. Non-pitchers. do. So pitchers Let's go. Let's go. Was,
0: <laughs> was Jerry Brown our second baseman?
2: Yes, now, Jerry uh, yeah, Brown was the second basement.
0: The governor what, what, Felix, was, was, mean, Ron, the was Ron Rameen? Washington our shortstop, or was it Felix? No, oh Felix me. For me.
2: Yeah, was For me.
0: So all right, we got the middle you infield. Got the middle infield. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh Brooke Brooke.
2: You're Jacoby, ready, is, yeah, Brooke Jacoby at third. Jacoby at 89
1: third. outfield. I'm gonna go Mel Hall.
2: Joe I was gonna Carter. say Mel Hall. No, Carter got, was already gone.
0: You Carter, got Carter was probably gone. Carter was there. Carter still? was there. Corey well, Carter Snyder. was there still.
2: Snyder was in right field. Corey so you Snyder, need the left field so, one of the best so, names. Oh, Brett and, Butler
0: had to be the center yeah, fielder. He was, was he, he gone, was gone by then? Gone in, gone in 88.
1: So so no Mel Hall in 89? Damn it. Who was our who was our Free left? Pretty Mark fielder?
0: Witten, too, right?
2: Hard yeah, hitting Mark uh, Witten. Hard hitting Mark Witten. Love Mark. No, Witten. Uh, this guy has a great first name. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Hold on. John uh, Kenzie. No. His dad. Uh
0: John Kenzie Sr.? Left fielder in
1: 1989.
0: Well, Carter was the left fielder, right? Aren't we missing a Uh, center fielder? Carter played center. Carter Carter played played center. center. This guy
2: played left for 69 games. Who was the other left fielder? Yeah.
0: Joey Joey Albert Bell. Uh,
2: (laughs) He was on the roster. He played 62 games. Bell was on
0: the roster in 89? Yes,
2: he was. As Joey. He was still Joey. Yeah, he's still Joey for sure. Yeah, the other guys on the bench who they have, I don't remember, Dave... Hengel was he Andre was Thornton
1: there. still playing in '89? No, Rad so,
2: Kamisk was a center fielder. Was Gene Upshaw
1: our first baseman?
2: <laughs> no, I have no recollection of this first baseman. By the way, oh man, yeah,
1: '89. That's, a, yeah, that's
2: Upshaw. A, that's it's a actually year. a really good guess.
1: Yeah, who that's was a weird the first baseman it's after? It's after Pat Tabler, but it's
2: yeah, Pete O'Brien. It- Pete oh, O'Brien. pounding Pete
0: O'Brien! Yeah, Pete that O'Brien. Guy was great. I think I gave him—I no think I gave him that nickname, trying to convince was, my too. brother that he was really good. <laughs> pounding. God, Pete had O'Brien. he a ton of at bats? Yeah, yeah he was definitely, Yeah, definitely there. See, twelve home runs in that stadium. No. Eighty-nine. Yeah. So.
1: We were predicted to win it all in, like, 87, and that was a team yeah, that lost a yeah. games. Well, yeah. That was Joe Carter and Corey Snyder on then side. So that was two years later. So who so who, who was, was missing the, the outfield?
2: Yeah, Yeah. Oda B. McDowell.
0: Oda B. McDowell!
1: Oh! <laughs> Oda <B. laughs> From the Texas Rangers.
0: Yeah. Wow. Oda B yeah. McDowell. Yeah. Did we trade Julio for him? Was Probably. that the... I think that was the move. I think they traded Julio right. for... Oda B, that Odeby. was a big mistake.
2: Leo <laughs> was great. Oh. I uh a friend of mine who's a huge Browns fan sent me some ranking of every Browns quarterback since 99, and Hoyer is number six.
1: He was so bad. It's just so
2: bad. Here <laughs> to guess who's above him then? <laughs> yes, let's do this.
1: I like yeah, absolutely <laughs> Um so since couch, 99, the top couch five. Couch has got to be above there?
2: him. Couch is four.
0: Couch has got to be above them. Derek Anderson has to be above him. He's two. Bernie. <laughs> <It's 99. laughs>
1: Trent Dilfer's one season on there. Um uh, no. I'm trying to think like not top five. So we have Anderson, we have couch.
2: Baker. Number one is Baker. Oh
1: my god, our franchise is
2: how how is this
0: ranking? How is this ranking done? I don't
2: know. It just says must have started at least six games. That's all it says. (laughs) (laughs) Is this just your
0: jackass buddy ranking these himself? No, no, no. No, this is the actual graphic and everything. Oh, it's got graphics.
2: Yeah, but But
1: talk about a low all you had to do is start six games, and you're on this yes, must have started at
2: least six games.
0: So did we get them all? No, we're still missing. No, you're missing
2: three and five. Five played last year. Oh, oh.
0: Uh, Jesus
1: Kobe Brissett is Jacoby number Brissett. five.
2: <laughs> oh, God. At number three. I don't I don't remember him ever having a good game here. Little guy came from the 49ers. Oh um yeah. of Garcia. course, yeah. He married the
1: yeah, yeah, Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia, yeah.
0: Married the that playmate. Was, that was the year. One
2: that
1: was the year with him at quarterback that, they, that they were picked to win the division because that was the missing piece was the winning quarterback.
0: Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. Had a losing and right who there. was the guy that quarterbacked in the playoff game?
2: Oh gosh. Kelly Holcomb? Oh, which player? Kelly Holcomb. Holcomb.
0: Yeah. Kelly he was Holcomb. number
2: 12. Number 12 yeah. on that list. <laughs> wow. I,
0: I'm, I'm actually disappointed that Holcomb wasn't higher. <laughs> yeah. There's there's he, 19 guys on the list. He threw like five 12.
2: touchdown
1: passes against the Steelers in the playoffs. Yeah. He should automatically <laughs> no. be number one, even though they lost this the game. Is
2: very sad
0: to look at. I, I, I <laughs> love how many different ways there are to... Uh, measure Brown's futility in the last like twenty five years. You know, it's it's the Haslam's record. It's this quarterback ranking. It's like. Uh...
1: I know you guys were were going to ask this at some point during tonight's show about the white satin jacket. So I have to. I have to. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I hadn't yeah. thought about Where it, but of, it? Course of course I do want to have... know.
1: So in typical Browns fashion. I got an email from the Cleveland Browns saying some like, you know, this is great news. You should be receiving your satin jacket sometime this fall. I was like, what the oh, fuck does that mean? Right. That's not great news. Like talk about you, you can't commit to anything as an as an organization. Like you can't tell me it'll yeah. be here before kickoff of the first game. Yeah. Sometime yeah. this fall.
2: That's garbage, man. I know.
0: It better. You should write that. back and ask if you can just yeah. go pick it up. I will drive to the stadium and pick it up myself Where just, is just it right now. Have it waiting. It will call for me.
2: <laughs> what do you think that reply email address is at Cleveland Browns, white satin jacket.com?
1: Well, there's it's, this went out to everyone, regardless of what color you chose, I
0: think. So just um, satin jacket.com satin brown satin so, Can somebody look up satinjacket.com <laughs> and see if it's been purchased. Should we, should we, should we buy that site? <laughs>
2: satin jackets.com exists you can build your own wow
0: huh. build a white satin one for Denko. you can
2: yeah i'll get started right now <laughs> should we
0: should we have matching white satin jackets the three of us when we, we come on the show
1: this is from my personal ticket rep we are very excited that your exclusive brown season ticket member jacket will be arriving in the fall. And we can't wait to see you wearing it. That's what they committed.
2: They can't wait. Like, oh, yeah. You want snaps or zippers on this uh, jacket, Phil?
1: Man, I want snaps. I want to be able to tear this yeah. thing good. off and sell yeah, it. It's a good, snaps idea. Is <laughs> a good <laughs> go.
2: idea because the zipper is 10 bucks more. Oh, all
0: right. Hey. Uh,
2: keep the buttons uh, white or you want orange on there? Ooh, uh, orange
1: buttons on a white satin jacket. Let's do yeah. it. Next, step. you're building this thing on this website. I can build it around this. You can probably get this thing to my house quicker than the Browns will. And Absolutely. I live 15 Absolutely. Minutes this thing will left. be there trim. tomorrow. I live 15 minutes solid east. Solid
2: color knit trim. I'm giving you uh, orange knit trim, so your neck, your wrists, and your belly will all be orange. This <laughs> is actually a pretty nice jacket. Left chest presentation. I, uh, I, I probably because it's trademark can't put a Browns logo. I could put a B on it, maybe you want to be up,
1: <laughs> we'll get it. Can we get a poop emoji on it somewhere? <laughs> I'm sure I can. Uh, sometime this fall leads me to believe that these things are so backordered that they're not showing yeah. up until like Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs>
0: right. Again, isn't it? Isn't it magical to have all these different ways to measure the Cleveland Browns futility? We just found another one. The inability. Inability to get season ticket holders. Their prizes before. The start of the season. Oh, maybe 86 was against the Pistons or something, though. can't remember. Anyway, foolishness. Why don't we call it a night? Let's do it. Good idea. Great time, fellas. Really missed you guys. Yeah, it was good, man. Um, Felt further away because we had recorded in the morning like that. So this was great. (laughs) Good to see you guys. Have a great night.
2: Yeah, you, too. you guys do
1: the same. <laughs> See All right, you, brothers. See right, you guys. Goes. See All you, boys. Love you
0: guys. Later.
2: What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown here to amuse you?